again hi it's us from the same hotel as last week and i changed into a sweatshirt because i wanted to match we're matching now hi this is two girls one ghost two girls one ghost and we are your ghostesses that's corinne hello i'm sabrina and this is an encounters episode where we read your stories back to you and we all get spooked out and we theorize and we try to figure out what the heck is happening in the paranormal realm and realize we know nothing do you want to start this like, time? Yes. This also feels like one of those reality shows or, or just like a television show where it's like the name of the game is to solve the puzzle and the spoiler alert is the puzzle's never solved. And that is, yeah. that's our podcast. I was talking recently about all the shows. I think it was on MTV, like Room Raiders and Next, mm. Date My Mom. Oh, because we were talking about Next where they'd be like, Mah. like they would give their taglines as they were coming out the bus. Yeah. And people would be so rude. I feel like Tinder and all the dating apps stole the concept from Next. Yeah, they kind of did. Literally, Next is the original swipe left. Yeah, you're right. I know. What was the one the the um the temple of where you got to like pick the boogers out of the big nose? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. The hidden temple. Yeah, I think. Weren't they going to bring that back for like a second? I thought so too. It's the one where like you have to like go through the maze and yeah, yeah, your team, and it's like the rock thing, yeah, like big face. And isn't there like a room or something? You have to find something in a room at one point, and you're like trashing the room. Yeah, God, that bring that back and let us on. That seems so fun. Childhood dream come true. I also like have this temptation to play a game with you because you and I are right next to each other, and we never get to be like I feel like mentally we can sync up. I don't know. I don't know what the game is. I wish this was live so that someone could give us a game to play. Well, here, let's play the game of reading emails that people send us. Because it is challenging to read. Okay. It is. You go first. Okay. This is a live Campfire Stories update from oh. Mina. Hi, okay. ladies. Thank you so much for letting me share such intimate personal ghost stories about my mom, Maria, or as everyone affectionately called her by her nickname, Kuka. I have so many more stories from growing up in a haunted house. Bed levitation, pink gum melting lady in a window screen, ghost in the bathroom, the blue orbs, guardian angel on the devil's spine road in Mexico, and so many more that I would be happy to share. However, my cousin reminded me of the most touching story of my mom, and this is the story I would like to share. Okay. A little backstory. The week my mother passed away, our house was filled with so much family coming in and out that it was really overwhelming for a 14-year-old. I found myself reverting back to my mom's obsessive cleaning habits to try to cope with her death. During the planning of the funeral, I found myself in the kitchen washing dishes, trying to avoid people. A little sidebar on the layout of my childhood home and the kitchen. The kitchen is an upside-down capital L with the longest side of it facing the front yard and driveway. The part that's facing the driveway is the sink with two big windows. So there I was washing the dishes just before it got dark, and three of my aunts walk in talking about a fourth aunt that they didn't know if they should invite to the funeral. My aunts were against the back wall behind me, asking my opinion on the matter. Now, my aunt Adela and my mom had some conflict in the past for dumb bickering stuff while they lived together years ago. The tension and animosity lingered for most of my childhood, and they definitely were not close. So my aunts were talking about not inviting her to the funeral as they reasoned, why invite someone that the deceased person was not close to? 
There I was washing the dishes, spaced out, thinking and asking myself, if my mom is dead and there's peace in the afterlife, why would my mom hold a grudge? It seemed right to invite my aunt to make peace with her and not alienate her even further. As I thought this, I suddenly was startled by a loud gasp and screaming behind me. What? My aunt Frances, who was extremely close to my mom, was pointing at the window and yelling my mom's nickname. Kuka! 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 It was the most frantic call for someone I'd ever heard. I turned just in time to see my aunt's blood drain from her face. Her eyes rolled back into her head (gasps) and she fainted hard what not just hard but she slammed her whole body down against our tile floor the whole time muttering my mom's nickname kuka kuka that's so scary i remember being scared not just of why she was yelling my mom's name but the fact that she hit the floor so hard within seconds i ran to the backyard yelling for my uncle santos her husband to come and help Everyone was trying to wake up my aunt for what seemed like an hour. They were rubbing her down with alcohol. They were trying to get her to come to her senses, trying to get her to wake up. Wait, rubbing her down with alcohol? Like putting alcohol on her body? I don't know. Or I'm almost thinking like an alcohol wipe. Like does that, is there some chemical in it that's supposed to, is it like the reverse of, um, just imagine it like throwing vodka on her, like holy water. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is holy to some people. Yeah. Finally, we had her sitting up and she had calmed down enough to speak again. She sat down and she told us what happened. What While in the kitchen, facing towards the window, discussing my Aunt Adela's invitation, she saw a blue glimmer on the window. The blue glimmer shortly turned into a full image of my mom from the waist up. Oh my God. In a beautiful silk blue blouse. She looked like she did in her 30s with dark black hair rosy cheeks and my mom was smiling and waving at her to get her attention and fully mouthing something towards her that's when she screamed my mom's name trying to get us all to look but couldn't say anything more until she fainted now as scary as that was our family is latino and we pray for our deceased to find peace yeah usually by saying a catholic rosary for seven to nine days in a row after they are buried in an impromptu rosary session the whole family stopped that night and began to pray in my living room to explain my living room it's a square with two sofas against the adjacent walls there was a small end table in between the two sofas with a picture of my mom and some candles on the left side of the living room is the hallway leading to the three bedrooms as we prayed we were on our knees facing the corner where we had this mini altar set And I heard commotion again behind me where my aunt was praying next to her husband. She was positioned in the back, parallel to the hallway entrance. And when I turned behind me, my aunt was fainting again into her husband's arms, muttering my mom's nickname, trying to still pray. After the rosary, my aunt had been calmed down again and shared what happened. She said, as we were praying, she saw that glimmer of light out of the corner of her eyes. She turned to face the hallway and she saw my mom materialize, fully surrounded by a blue and white cloak. My mom turned towards her, smiled, glided down the hallway towards her room. And my aunt said she watched her near the door, turn back again as if she was walking into her room. And then the hallway went pitch black again. It has been years since this incident, and my aunt still has trouble talking about it. For those who heard my story on Campfire Stories, you know my mom always makes an appearance when her kids need her most. Mm -hmm. We did end up inviting my aunt Adela to the funeral, and from there, the relationship between her and my family has become an absolute lifesaver. Aww. 
we have stormed some crazy up and downs together and she has never left our side we became so close that my two siblings and i are now her three daughters godparents oh my gosh oh my gosh that's so beautiful i know this makes me want to cry i couldn't imagine going through teenage years without her she means the world to us I guess my mom knew best, and even though she wasn't physically there, she could not stand silent knowing somehow how important my aunt would be to us. Crazy, right? Well, ladies, thanks again for letting me share. I'll send more stories when I have a chance. Mina. Mina. Wow. I was a little nervous because of the way that Mina's aunt screamed and then like fainted. I felt, and I had just watched Talk to Me. Oh, yes. And I'm never going to let you live down the fact that you watched it without me, even though I know you, I watched Unbinding without you. You made the bigger betrayal if we put the two <laughs> together side by side. And I didn't say anything to you. I you just were said, sick. And perfect time to watch a movie. We were laying together. Down. We were together when I watched Talk to Me. Right, but we were about to be t- together. I'm fighting myself into a void that doesn't have a no. purpose. There's no end. Okay. The point is... After seeing that movie, I very much felt concerned hearing about Mina's aunt collapsing because it felt like the spirit like went into her. Mm. But I love that she just is so overwhelmed by the spiritual activity that she fainted. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> seeing her sister. I'm so curious too what her mom was mouthing to her aunt, you know, because she was materialized yeah. and she was like trying to like Maybe say like something. Invite, the, invite yeah. her. Invite her. Yeah. Have her come, have her come or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, this is, it's simultaneously a little like spooky, but also really beautiful. Yeah. And I love that the whole family was there too. And that they were all doing their prayers and doing everything. And she, she did what, what you want to happen, right? Where it's like, you want your loved one to find peace. You want them to be able to move on. You want to make sure that they're safe. And she got to like glow and light up the room and watch her family I'll give good positive intentions for her and be like, yeah, this is my family and I love them so much. That and I'm going to make sure that they're still good and that they're all together and bring in the one person who hasn't been able to be a part of this. And bring her back into our family. Really, truly bring her back and make such an impact yeah. on their lives. Oh, Mina, thank you so much for sharing that. I love stories like this. And I feel like this is a good call to action for Campfire Stories because so many stories are being shared on Campfire Stories. Like Mina has shared so many other encounters yeah. with her mom that if you want to hear more ghostly tales from people, from directly from the source. Where when we ask questions, they give us answers. Yeah. <laughs> and they can talk back. Oh, my foot just fell asleep and it tingles so Woo! much. It's so tingly. But yes, come to Campfire Stories. Well. You know, you picked some really nice stories. (laughs) I have to balance this out occasionally. I'm trying to decide which one's less scary to end with because now I'm ending the episode. Okay, this is from our listener, Jason, and it is called The Worst Experience of My Life. Do not read at night. This coming from Jason, this is like very scary because Jason's super in tune. Very. Jason is basically our resident medium over in discord and campfire stories and everything so the fact that he's telling us <laughs> I'm yeah scared. and i feel like this is a really i mean because we know jason somewhat well but we're learning we're gonna learn a lot about him in this story okay amazing okay dear ghostesses the story i'm about to share with you is very hard for me to write in it's about the worst paranormal experience i've ever had and it involves demons 
I hesitated on sending this one because I've been afraid you would find it too scary. It's not easy for me to share, but if there's a chance it can help others, then it's worth it. I've never told anyone this story, and I have left out some more personal and more graphic parts as it's too painful for me to open those wounds. I do hope that no one thinks less of me after hearing this. I'm sharing it with you because I know that this is one safe place where I can. I promise it does have a happy ending. Okay. That being said, I should give some trigger warnings before. The following story includes mentions of prison, rape, suicide attempt, and also contains descriptions of terrifying nightmares. I have toned it down as much as possible. I do not recommend this story being read at night. Reader and listener discretion is advised. My story takes place when I was 21. I'm going to set up the scene with a little bit of backstory. After graduating high school, I moved to Idaho to live with my mom and stepdad. I had an abusive older stepbrother who always loved to torment me and had for many years. So when I moved, there was nothing different. At this time in my life, I was suffering from a deep depression and was in a really dark place. And because of this, I got into trouble and unfortunately, I ended up in prison. I actually spent my 21st birthday in prison. I'm not proud of this and I usually avoid talking about it because prison is so much scarier than what they show on TV. And here are the five most important rules that I learned about being in prison. One, don't eyeball anyone. Two, snitches get stitches. Mm -hmm. Three, always be aware of who and what is around. Four, if it doesn't belong to you, do not touch it. Five, do not draw attention to yourself. I was absolutely terrified of prison. I'm very small. I'm 5'5 and 120 pounds, which makes me a very easy target. I've always been a naturally quiet person, which worked to my advantage because being quiet in prison can actually save your life. As I came to learn, keeping quiet also makes others very afraid of you because they never know what you're thinking. During my time in prison, I was in Seven House, which was the old death row. Seven House is made up of individual cells in a common area containing the tables and a television. At night, we were locked into our cells. There were two guys assigned to each cell. And as you can imagine, for a medium like me, I could see that there was so much more to prison than just prisoners and guards. I was just going to say, I feel like for Jason, that's almost like a worst case scenario to be put in that spot where it's like people were at their probably lowest of their lives there. And now he has to sit in that energy permanently. And death row, maybe some of the scariest people too. Mm -hmm. There were many spirits there and the demons were absolutely the most terrifying. I have never seen that many demons wandering around in one place before. Many of them were attached to prisoners. Some were attached to guards. And there were several demons that just wandered around feeding off of everyone. Even those who attended Bible study groups were not safe from them. The most demons that I saw attached to a single man. Do you want to guess how many? I'm going to say 15 because I feel like that's what he's going to say. 10. 10. Okay. My story involves one rather powerful demon who was attached to my cellmate. For the safety of everyone, I am not going to say this demon's real name. I will refer to him as Ta. Rhymes with Saw. Which came from one of the sinister growling sounds he made. Gosh, I almost like feel like mocking it. It's not a good idea. Sorry. So, so sorry. We take it back. Uh, Blessed, blessed be. Surround us with light and love and touch me not. (laughs) Sabrina touched me. I touched you. I touched the leg. Okay. My cellmate was a very evil man. He was taller and stronger than me. 
Thankfully, I know I will never have to see him again as he is serving a 25-year prison sentence with no chance for parole. In the beginning, he acted friendly, but after the first month, everything changed. One night, he did something that really scared me. I had just finished brushing my teeth and I turned to go to my bunk when he forcefully pushed me backward into the wall. He held me against the wall with his arm pushing down on my collarbone. He looked at me with his dark eyes and said the most terrifying thing I've ever heard. You realize that I can do anything I want to you in here and no one can stop me. After that, he let me go back to my bunk. As you can imagine, I did not sleep that night. I was terrified he was going to kill me when in reality, what happened was actually much worse. He raped me repeatedly. It was also during this time that Ta began to torment me. Oh, Jason, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm so sorry that you haven't been able to talk to anyone about this. Yeah, this is horrific. It always started with sleep paralysis. I would find myself unable to move and then Ta would appear. He didn't always appear the same way either. He always had red glowing eyes and long black claws, but sometimes he would appear as a very tall figure with horns that came out of the side of his head and curved around to his forehead and had sharp pointed teeth. Other times he would appear as a dark hooded figure similar to the Dementors from Harry Potter. At first he would appear in the corner and then he would slowly approach my bed. He would stretch out his hands and grab my forehead with it. An immense ripping pain would shoot through my entire body. He would put his face next to mine and say terrible things in an eerie, raspy voice. And he always smelled like sulfur and burnt flesh. Oh, gross. He would say things like, you deserve this. You are weak and worthless. You have no idea the things of which I can do to you. Death would be a blessing for you. Then he would force terrible nightmares into my head. Nightmares of me, my friends, or my family being tortured and killed in unimaginable and gory ways. These nightmares made the Saw movies look like child's play. To this day, I refuse to watch the Saw movies. And eventually, it got to where Ta would appear and he would just come out of the wall directly above my head, look down at me. Sometimes he would scratch me with his claws and it would burn terribly. Uh it's like Tav was just trying to weaken Jason to take him. I know. Well, and also it, it concerns me because, you know, Jason was like, you know, as a medium, this was horrific and I could see everything that was around here. But I almost think that that made Jason more of a target because Jason can see them. And so they know that Jason can, can see, see them. them. Yeah. yeah. It draws more attention to him. Sadly, for a time, I actually believed Ta when he said I deserve what was happening to me. The hardest part was actually the fact that I couldn't do anything to fight back when my cellmate came after me. And I couldn't fight back because of the sentence I was serving. So let me explain. Initially, I was sentenced to three years fixed and four years indeterminate. That meant I would have to serve three years before being eligible for parole. But the judge decided to suspend that sentence and gave me a retained jurisdiction instead, which meant that I would have to serve six months in prison while doing cognitive self-change program. And at the end of the six months, I would be evaluated and returned to the judge. The judge would read the evaluation report and decide if I would be placed on probation or not. Because of this sentence, if I got into any fights or engaged in any other bad behavior, I would have to have served the entire seven years. Ah. So that meant that I could not fight back against my cellmate without getting into a lot of trouble. I know some may be wondering why he never got caught for doing what he did to me, but my cellmate was a smart man and he always waited until after count to do it, which is how the guards would verify that all the prisoners were accounted for and in the correct cells. They did the count five times a day, 3 a.m., 8 a.m., noon, 4 p.m., and 11 p.m. Everything my cellmate did to me always happened between 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. so the guards would never see it. Oh my gosh. 
And he would always threaten me to stay quiet or else things would get worse for me. Oh, Jason, I'm so sorry. I made sure to keep quiet and I stayed on good behavior. I was in prison for a total of seven months, which felt more like seven years. Thankfully, the judge was satisfied with my evaluation report and I was released on probation. I remember the officer who was releasing me from jail and asked me what I thought about my time in prison. And I replied, I'd rather die than go back. I have no intention of ever getting in trouble ever again. I thought that once I was out of prison, everything would be okay and things would get better, but I was so wrong because Ta followed me home. No, Uh, I feel like it's an invasion of privacy, but also maybe would help for the safety of people to have cameras in the cells, you know? Like I'm almost thinking like, we need a camera to make sure that no one is being harmed at night and also capture any spirit activity (laughs) at the same time, double whammy double patrol oh man we should yeah i know it just makes me so sad it's so sad i know okay so ta followed jason home and the sleep paralysis and nightmares continued this time the nightmares were only about me being punished and tortured in very brutal ways It also didn't help that the apartment I had was on the side of the complex that was heavily shaded by trees, so my bedroom was always dark. A perfect environment for demons to thrive in. My probation offer was a very strict and apathetic man. He prided himself on how many people he had sent back to prison for breaking even the simplest of probation rules. One day, I was sitting in his office and he was bragging about his record. The whole point is to not get, oh my gosh, it makes me so sad. Like, you don't want people to go back. No. He looked across the desk and smugly said, I bet I'll have you back in prison in two weeks. He had no idea how much his words terrified me. The sheer thought of going back to that horrible place and my evil cellmate was way too much for me to handle. And it was then that I decided I was going to kill myself. In my mind, it felt like the only way out. And I never told anyone what had happened to me in prison, not even my family. I was so afraid no one would believe me. Men are supposed to be strong and tough. I've heard that people say it is impossible for a man to be raped. So I kept it hidden. It's not impossible, just so everyone knows. If this has happened to you, you can talk about it. And I'm so sorry. Yeah, and being strong and tough is... And also, I feel like another part of being strong and tough is understanding and knowing what happened to you and finding the right paths to move forward. And it's very strong and tough of you to be... Oh, I just slapped myself in the face with this microphone. But to have survived it, too. And And to be speaking about it. To speak about it. That's what makes you so strong and tough. But it also, I know, takes people a different, you know, everyone deals with it differently. And mm-hmm. some people have a really, really hard time talking about it. Right. There's so many different things that go into it. There are resources and it should never happen to you. And we're so sorry if it ever has. Oh, Jason, I wish I could just How teleport over there and you big be your bodyguard. So one night I tried to poison myself and I went and I laid on the bathroom floor. As I laid on the bathroom floor, I could see Ta standing in the corner, smiling with delight. He then said, I told you you were weak and worthless, good for nothing. No one will miss you. I realized now that he was breaking me down more to try to stop me from making a last minute effort to save myself. I started to cry. My stomach was hurting so badly. It was like a hundred stabbing pains. And at that moment, I thought about just giving up and going to sleep and it would all be over. It seemed easy. But something inside me told myself that I had to stay awake and keep fighting. And in that moment, I prayed, hoping to be saved. Although part of me felt like God wouldn't because he saw me as unworthy because of the things that had happened to me. And then someone answered. It wasn't God, though. There was a bright flash of light, and I saw Ta fleeing the room. I opened my eyes, 
and I saw a familiar woman kneeling over me on the floor. Chaos. Chaos. And we've read an email from Jason before where chaos is like a spirit guide. Yes. She put one of her hands on my stomach and the other on the cheek. And I could hear her voice in my head saying, this is not the way. It is not your time. You still have so many important things to do. You must live. They will need you. Who? I asked. She lifted the hand that was on my cheek and placed it over my eyes. And I heard her voice in my head say, I'll show you. Suddenly, I was standing in a park. It was a warm summer day, and I could hear the sounds of singing birds and children's laughter. I could see many children running around the park playing. Suddenly, two girls ran forward toward me, and they were twins about five years old. They both had blonde hair and green eyes. They ran up to me and hugged my legs and said, Will you come play with us, Daddy? <gasps> oh, chills. They asked in unison. I smiled and I said, yes. They both began laughing and one turned and said, please don't leave us, daddy. We love you. The park began oh to fade gosh. around me and I heard the woman say, get up now. She pushed hard on my stomach and then was gone. I felt a sharp pain in my stomach and suddenly began to vomit violently. My throat and mouth now felt like they were on fire. I ran to my bathroom and drank some water from the sink, trying to cool down my mouth and throat. The burning felt like when you pour rubbing alcohol over a bunch of fresh cuts. Drinking water didn't help me very much, just made me sick even more. Afterward, I lay on my bathroom floor, holding my throat and stomach. I closed my eyes and started crying. And again, I heard the woman's voice in my head say, you must get help. You must get up. Get help. You must go now. Slowly, I got to my feet. I put on my shoes. I left the apartment and headed for the hospital an hour away. I don't really remember the drive. I just knew I needed to get medical help. And at the hospital, they gave me a thorough exam, a few shots, and told me that I was lucky that I vomited when I did. They said if I had not vomited, I would have died very painfully and that I was lucky I got medical, atten medical attention when I did. That day, on the way to the hospital, I made a promise to myself that I would never allow myself to sink so low again. After I got home from the hospital, Ta came back. He tried to break me down again. I didn't know what to do. I wanted him gone forever. There were a few times that I said out loud, I wish I could find a way to make him go away. The following few nights, the woman, who I knew was chaos personified, appeared in my dreams. At first, she would just stand there watching from a distance. Her appearance was different though. Instead of the usual black and white clothing, she wore a deep purple hooded robe. And she also had a baby dragon on her shoulder and a giant black wolf standing behind her. About two weeks of having this dream, Every single night, I had a very different dream. And in this dream, she approached me and put her arm around me. She hugged me and she said, I know that you are hurting. I'm going to help you out of this dark place. She then stepped back and looked into my eyes and said, I will guide you, but I will not do it for you. You have to do this yourself. It will not be easy, but you must do it. There are great things you are meant to do with your abilities that you have been given. There is a strength inside of you that you do not realize yet. Do not say yes to me if you are not willing to do the work that is needed. I will come to see you again and I expect an answer from you. Do you understand? I replied, yes, who are you? She answered, you will find out in time. And then I woke up. I began trying to do some research to find out who she was. It was not easy as I was not allowed to use the internet while on probation. And I spent hours every night reading through encyclopedias trying to figure it out. Then one night I had a dream in which the same name appeared repeatedly. It was written on a store window. And on the headline of the newspaper, a tattoo on a person's arm and has graffiti on a building to name a few. The name was Lilith. That's right. The Lilith. A week later, she appeared in my dream again and I asked her if she was Lilith and she said yes. She asked if I had thought about her offer and I answered yes. And she said, whatever you decide in this moment, I will accept. There is no going back. Are you ready? I replied, yes, I'm ready. She smiled and nodded and said, so be it. And then I woke up. 
Now, many would say that Lilith is very evil and nothing more than a deceptive demon. I would have to say they are wrong. She's not evil at all. She's been the most amazing teacher I've ever had. She's taught me many things about demons, including how to recognize them, how to get rid of them, and most importantly, how to protect myself from them. She's also taught me many things about men, women, magic, the spirit world, the fae, nature, and life in general. And she taught me how to be a stronger person. I owe her so much. She literally saved my life. I'll never forget the question she asked me when we were talking about suicide. She asked, why would you ever want to throw away your life when it's the most amazing gift you've ever been given? She also taught me to see myself as a rape survivor rather than a victim, and that's been very empowering for me. To this day, I have kept that promise I made to myself on the way to the hospital. I've never allowed myself to get that low again. I've tried to help others when they feel suicidal and help them see that life is worth living. So as I said, my story does have a happy ending. I hope you read this on the podcast, but if you choose not to, I understand. Thank you for letting me be on the Medium's episode of Campfire Stories. I'm so grateful that the two of you have allowed me to be the resident medium. It means more than you know. I also wanted to say that because of you two amazing ladies, I have started my own podcast called Where Spirits Dwell. See you on the other side, Jason. And I'm pretty sure Jason has twins, two twin girls. And Jason also has helped so many people. The amount of emails we get, the amount of messages we see too on like Discord and Campfire Stories where people are like, Jason, help me with that. Yeah. I talked to Jason. Jason sends us messages sometimes. Yeah. Jason, you are such an incredible and strong human. And I am so glad you are still here. Yeah. I am so glad. You survived the darkest of dark to be... To bring the light, so much light to become the light all of our lives yeah yeah thank wow. you for sharing this and thank you for being so vulnerable it's not easy and this makes me also infuriated with the prison system <laughs> but also i'm like why aren't spiritual cleansings a thing that happens i feel like that should be a regular thing that happens in prisons in hospitals i'm sure there in are places people that who do this i hope so because that's like you know it's a hot spot to attract darker entities yeah and so i just want to constantly you know give give a cleaning give a a brushing to those spots and help people out a little bit more because especially those situations it's like everybody has everything against them already yeah i mean think about people who i mean jason has lilith who came in to help Mm -hmm. jason through some of the hardest moments but think about people who don't have that and are in prison and do get do succumb to the darkness because it's so hard to live through that i know it's terrible i just got super lightheaded like really? super lightheaded i'm just sad like are you gonna faint like i felt for a moment i felt like i can't focus my eyes relax your head look up at the popcorn ceiling look at look Can at the asbestos we'll just stare at the asbestos open your mouth see if a little falls in oh my gosh that was freaky do you need your coffee Give me a second. I really like. <gasps> Stop! I thought you were seizing. No, oh, I, I needed to shake off what was oh, happening. Sabrina, my heart. I'm like about to cry. I literally you thought, really thought your leg went stiff and your arm went I was like trying this. To, like shake it off. Jesus, Lord Sorry. have mercy. I'm okay. I'm about I to still throw feel... you on the freaking ground. And is that what you're supposed to do? I don't know, but I, I think don't you're want supposed to, fall to like off. not let them move too crazily. You're definitely not supposed to like pin them down. But you're not supposed to throw them on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Wake you up. Um, okay. Woo! Do you have a less scary story? I think so. I really do feel lightheaded. 
Okay, let me read this one. It's short. Maybe it will help you come back to us a little okay. bit. I wonder if Jason's somewhere right now, like hearing, like getting zeroing a in. Yeah, and watch him just appear and be like, "Oops." I Sorry. wish we had our ghost hunting equipment. I'm curious, Jason. If there's, are you actually if anything would go here? off right now? I know. Maybe Lilith is here. Okay, this is called Creepy Kid on Halloween. Hey, ladies, Leia and Ghost, I have a creepy kid story for you today. Hey. Names have been changed. My most recent creepy kid story is from my oldest child, Cece, who is eight. I love the name Cece so much. On Halloween, she had the flu and she was running a fever on and off all day. That night, I wanted to give her ibuprofen before she went to sleep. And she was in a twilight laying in her bed and I lifted her into a sitting position. She opened her eyes and they were completely dilated. Her iris was almost fully consumed by her pupil. Oh my God. She was just staring over my shoulder and she said, why are you wearing him? At what? this point, I looked behind me thinking it was one of our two cats Nope, there's nothing behind me. Then I ask her, what do you mean? And she asks again, why are you wearing him? This, it's on you. While grabbing my sweater and pointing behind me and then back at my sleeve. All the while, never looking directly in my eyes. And then she says, where is this music coming from? Eek. I tell her there is not any music. And I ask her, do you know who I am? And she says, no, I don't know you. What? Goodbye. She's like a talking Ouija board with her fever. Goodbye. No, I don't know you. Goodbye. So I slowly walk out, completely freaked out. After hearing some of the creepy kid stories, it was like an out-of-body experience. I went back in to double-check on her that her temperature wasn't extremely high, and it was only at 101. She went right back to sleep, woke up in the morning, didn't recall ever talking to me the night before. I had listened to the Rick episode earlier that day and had been listening to the Possession episodes no. in the same month. I was just a tad spooked. She's never done anything like this before. She doesn't sleepwalk. She doesn't sleep talk. None of that. Very out of character for her. I'm also a New England area local. I don't think this really helped me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have a few other stories I can share. My mom lives in a little and friendly haunted late 1800s cottage. My sister and my mom have seen the top hat man while in sleep paralysis. And my youngest has slash had two imaginary friends, Eliza, an older, very nice woman who hangs out with her at night sometimes. That's cute. And Marseille, a very mean little boy who causes mischief. <laughs> I've also seen a ghost girl in an abandoned house next to my childhood home. I'll try to email them soon. And this is from A. A, your kid mm -hmm. is so creepy. I'm glad it only happened once. I know, but how scary. It's like you go to check on your child to make sure that they're okay, especially when they're sick. And, you know, fevers, everyone talks about like fever dreams, hallucinations or whatever. But the fact that her eyes were like com basically completely black. She like, had like goat eyes, basically. It's so creepy. I don't know you. Who are you wearing? Why? Like, why are you wearing him? Yeah, it's like, who's crouched on, on top of her shoulders? Why are you wearing him? Where's that music coming from? I don't know you. Goodbye. Goodbye. And just... She was possessed for a second, I'm pretty just sure. for a brief moment. I uh, I might need to... We might need to do something real quick because... You're feeling I'm so bad? I'm feeling very like... it's a. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. So basically, it's like a lightheadedness, but I feel almost like my soul... <laughs> Jesus, are you about to like live astral project like it here? Feel, it feels a little bit like a disconnect. Okay. I'm going to look up right now. I'm going to close my eyes and breathe as you do this. Yes. Just I'm going to ribbon wrap a little bit. Breathe in, breathe out. 
And as you're doing that, I'm going to find for us some hurts that we can listen to for spiritual protection. Oh, thank you. And angelic healing. This is one, 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 one hurts. And I'm going to say right now that I'm closing myself off from any negative energies. I live in a protected buttle. buttle. I live body booty buttle in a protected butthole. (laughs) I have a protective bubble around me and my family and everyone I love and everyone around me, Corinne. Um, And I am safe. And there's so much positive and light and nothing dark or with ill intent is allowed to enter my space. Okay. I feel, this is the thing is I don't feel unsafe. I just very much felt a shift in my like spiritual energy mm-hmm. within my body. Mm-hmm. But so now I'm going to read a story about, uh, it's from our listener, Caitlin. Okay. And it's called. Didn't you say this one is also really scary? It's not really, it's not really scary. It's more. I almost want to borrow one of the heartwarming ones I have from the next, for the well, next no, episode. Well, no, because this one's very Halloween. And okay. I feel like it's good. Okay. okay. It's called Spooky Family Curse, question mark. <laughs> funny. Hello, Sabrina and Corinne and Leah. My name is Caitlin. Say my name, please. Caitlin. Caitlin. Okay. I sent this in a while ago, but I wasn't happy with it. So I decided to add more details and updated it with another recent scary experience before sending it in again. (laughs) I started listening about six months ago and have been binge listening to y'all ever since. There's so much great stuff to get through. I do have to pace myself because I get freaked out sometimes. Y'all are so entertaining and I love hearing y'all's perspective on supernatural things. So I'm eager to hear what you think of all the tales I'm about to share with you. My story is an amalgamation of experiences along my journey to developing superhuman powers to see ghosts and dead things. <gasps> cool, right? So cool. Maybe not. I'm what? actually not sure how I feel about it, to be honest. Curse or superpower? I'm going to let you decide. Superpower. So to begin with, I am from the South and y'all know we are haunted as shit here. My family has had a history of sensitive sight. Well, that's what we call it anyway. It only affects the women in my family, but doesn't pass to every single woman. It's for sure from my maternal grandmother's bloodline. Both my great-grandmother and my granny had it, but they would not speak on such things unless they absolutely had to. Because raised in the deep South, you don't talk about spooky or paranormal stuff because they're always considered to be demonic and to speak of them gives them power. Even Halloween is maybe because it's of the devil, insert eye roll. Doesn't anyone around here pick up a book other than the Bible? (laughs) Okay, so this is very much Halloween town-y because Caitlin wasn't allowed to like celebrate Halloween. Oh my gosh. Marnie? Caitlin? Yeah. Is that you? But trust me, I have more than made up for missing out on Halloween festivities as an adult. We go hard for Halloween (laughs) in my household every year. You're like a true Cromwell. Yes. Anyway, my granny would regularly assure us that ghosts were not real and swear up and down Jesus and demons were. Yes, my granny could swear an old-timey sailor under the table. There were just some things that Jesus was okay with her doing because she had an understanding with him. Oh, got it. Do not ask me how she got that direct line to the big man, but uh, she did. This is like when my grandma gave up Lent for Lent. Ah, that's amazing. Loose rules. Loose rules. Yeah. Well, technically she's following the rules. Yeah. Give up something for Lent. 
Okay. I went to church every single Sunday when I was staying with my granny during summer vacations. Therefore, I was raised in a church that had old-fashioned fire and brimstone kind of preacher. Talk about scary. Now that you kind of have some background, back to the reason I'm writing in. So my older sister for sure has a sensitive sight and now I do too. I spoke to my older sister finally when I started having dreams of things yet to happen and then knowing that they would happen. Very freaky. Mm. She is 16 years older than me and has a lot more and has had a lot more time to figure this out than I have. So she's willing to talk about it. She said, it's how it starts. Dreams, powerful feelings, experiences that you struggle to explain away. And then... I don't know that people heard it. Can we go together? Yeah. Okay. Please hold. Oh my god, we have to what? back and see if we caught that. Okay, if you did not hear that. <laughs> hold it close. Hold your, your book of religion that you really I'll be follow. Whatever religion I need to be yeah. in this moment. <laughs> Okay, I call upon all religions for protection. I call upon all good things, light and love, to protect us in this moment. There appears to be no disturbances in the bathroom or water, despite just hearing total gurgles a lot. Like, it sounded like a cauldron boiling. Yeah, it kind of sounds like when you're around, like, a one of those, like, water tank things that... What are they called? You know, like when you go to like the oh, doctor's the, office or the whatever, and they have the jugs, the, the plastic jugs yeah. that go on top, and it's like the bubbles, like bloop, bloop, bloop. yeah. <sighs> okay, we Can't put tell our books down at the exact same time. Okay. We're in a Marriott. <laughs> okay, it starts with dreams, powerful feelings, experiences you struggle to explain away, and then the sight. I will start with one of the first dreams I had that predicted an event yet to happen. And now I'm like really on edge. I'm like, Me too. I'm listening for everything. I took a nap midday, which I never do. And while I was asleep, I dreamed that my sister-in-law was driving her husband's truck and got in an accident. We're both listening to every single little tiny creek. This was not likely because my brother-in-law won't let anyone drive that dumb truck. So, but it seemed real. I watched it happen and I had this weird feeling that I knew it would happen. Hmm. And then I woke up to my phone ringing. It was my husband telling me that his sister had been in a car accident. (gasps) I was so creeped out that I could hardly form coherent sentences. Excuse me, what? I told him I knew and I knew that he wouldn't believe me, but I just had a dream that she was in an accident. I stopped him before he said anything else and I described the vehicle and what I saw around and he paused and then said, "Um, yeah, that is what happened. And that's exactly where it happened. Oh my God. Caitlin, you're a beautiful, spooky, powerful witch, but holy crap. He was like so confused and asked if his sister had already called me. And I said, nope, not with a phone. She was okay, by the way. She just shook up and scared after the crash, understandably. So fun fact about me, I'm an identical twin. She and I have both suffered from very traumatic childhoods and very scary nightmares that have persisted into adulthood. Both of us tend to have very, very real demonic creatures in our dreams they usually don't but when they do they grab us or touch us in any way it's usually so violent that we feel it for days afterwards oh my gosh so wait what was the i feel like we just heard oh someone was that we met at a meet and greet was saying that they got poked in the back when they were going through a haunted was this last night was it last night that they got poked in the back and they could literally feel it for days days after getting poked 
When was this? Yeah, someone was it just was the telling past couple us this. nights. Yeah. The first encounter I remember having with this creature from hell was the worst because I actually felt like I was going to die. In my dream, this thing was, I'm so glad we're not recording at night. Like, I know. I would not be able to sleep. No, there's no way. This would be sh- sharing a bed yeah. awake all Wide night. awake. Staring at the ceiling. Watching, rewatching Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. Yeah. Okay. In this dream, this thing was hovering above me and I couldn't really distinguish its form from the surrounding blackness of the room, but I knew it was there. I felt this suffocatingly heavy pressure, making it difficult to breathe, and there was a hint of the violence yet to come. I just stared straight into the dark mass, frozen in fear, when it finally grabbed me by the throat and started strangling me. I couldn't breathe, and I was desperately trying to scream my husband's name, but I couldn't make a sound in my dream. In real life, my husband said he woke up to me gurgling and making choking noises and hoarsely screaming his name over and over i'm not a huge fan that the word gurgling was just it's used not in, in there this. it's not i added it for oh. some reason it really isn't <laughs> i truly just threw it in okay was it knocking or more gurgling i don't know so my husband said i was making choking noises and hoarsely screaming his name over and over he said it was very difficult to wake me i could feel where every finger touched me for almost a week Oh my my throat was so sore that I couldn't eat solid foods. Oh my gosh. Another time something similar to this happened, I was sleeping on my side with my back facing to an empty room and I'm in the dream when the creature slowly rose up behind me and I knew what was happening. My body would not obey my commands to turn over and finally with the highest amount of terror achieved from the anticipation, a hand reached out to grab my hip and squeezed really, really hard. That time, my husband said I had just started shrilly screaming his name over and over, but was still asleep. He also said it was difficult to wake me again, and my body felt very rigid this time. I'm a nurse, and I do a lot of walking on my shifts. That time, my my hip was hurting so much, I had to take some medicine for a few days to help me move when I needed at work. Wow. At the time, I was in my mid-20s and had zero mobility problems or pain. Again, I could feel every finger that touched my hip. I could mentally trace how each finger laid across my skin from the back of my hip to the front. The last example and probably the most unnerving I will share of these weird ass dreams is when my twin and I dreamed the exact same nightmare on separate subsequent nights. Ooh, what a twin thing to happen. It happened to her first. She dreamed she saw a creature in her room. It had blistery, withered, inky black skin and only a hole in the face where a mouth should be. Yuck. She could see the ridges of its spine since it was hunched over and had human-like hands with long fingers and knobby joints. Think Dementor from Harry Potter, but naked. Oh. It was crouched on the floor, crawling slowly along and sniffing like an animal would. Ew. I hate that. (laughs) Suddenly, it froze. Slowly. Slowly, it turned to look at her. It crawled across the floor to her side of the bed. The way it moved was disjointed and insect-like, but it wasn't fast. It seemed like it was in stalking mode or something, hunting. It slowly lifted its head above the side of the bed to be face-to-face with her. And it screamed. Think Demogorgon screeching from Stranger Things. She woke up and was terrified out of her mind. The important thing is she did not tell me about it until I called her a day later after having the exact same dream i found this out because the morning i called her to tell her what a horrible night i had she told me that she had the exact same nightmare the night before ew i hate this we did not live together we're cities apart and when i told her i was still shook up after a nightmare she had a few questions after her interrogation she was silent for a time and i sensed i shouldn't shouldn't say anything i mean my own thoughts were terrifying me did she have the same dream was this thing real what in the hell was that thing 
And she finally started speaking again and perfectly described the creature and what happened to me. I was in shock. Still in disbelief, I demanded for her to draw the damn damnable thing for proof. Also, another fun fact, we are mirror image twins. So she is left-handed and I'm right-handed. She's a fine artist and spe- her specialty is hyper-realism drawings. And in just a few minutes, she sketched it out in shocking detail. She switched over to FaceTime, turned her phone view around for me to see the drawing. And I knew there was no mistake. We dreamed the same fucking nightmare. The same nightmarish creature. My body went cold and we have not spoke of it since then. I do still have the drawing and we don't really talk about our other experiences very often, the trauma or the nightmares. I think it's because it scares us. This kind of makes me think, okay, so you know in Monsters, Inc., when they go through the door and that door like leads them into the childhood bedroom to scare the kid, this almost makes me think that there is some sort of door in the astral plane for everybody when they're born. And because they're twins, they were like together, they have the same door when something comes for them. I believe that. We have noticed, though, our dream activities tend to pick up around very stressful times in our lives. My dad passed away very suddenly in November of 2021. I was his little buddy and daddy's little girl. He was always the one I ran to in the middle of the night for nightmares. He spent many sleepless nights awake with me and then to work and then went to work the next morning. My mom really sucked and was really responsible for inflicting the trauma that lasted into adulthood. Thanks, mom. Since his sudden passing, I've only had one really scary nightmare like that. So I like to think he's watching over me like a guardian angel of some sort for my dreams. I haven't gotten confirmation of that, but it would be just like him not to do that since he would be worried it would scare me. Oh, and I should probably tell you about the experience because I know if I mention it and don't tell you about it, you'll want to know. So my sister thinks my grandfather's spirit is still around. She says it feels just like him and she smells him sometimes too. Oh, this is important later in this one. So I was in the basement of my grandparents' house. My older sister lives with my granny now to help with some household chores. And my sister was telling me about planning to stage the house because she felt something trying to get in. She said she kept seeing a shadow figure walk up to the front wall of windows to the front porch, but never make it to the door. It's creepy. Mm -hmm. For reference, the house has seven windows on the front of the house in the living room, all back to back before you reach the front door. They have blinds, which my granny promptly opens at eight in the morning every morning. And they also have transparent gauzy curtains that let in all the light. She watched this thing several times for a good while trying to get in. She said upstairs feels fine and she doesn't think it can get up there. And she said she feels like our grandfather who passed peacefully in the house years ago is doing some spiritual battle and he's winning. There's so much noise happening. I know. However, downstairs, it's a different vibe altogether. As she was telling me this, I started to get goosebumps and the air was growing thicker. Remember, we're in the basement talking. We were not upstairs. I asked her if she thought it would hurt her, and she said yes. So she said she was going to plan on burning some sage in the house that weekend. Right after she said that, that light bulb we had on in the basement behind her started flickering and made a high-pitched buzzing noise and then popped. (gasps) What? The light went out. We stood in shocked silence for a few moments in the dark, just breathing. Finally, I grabbed her hand, and she whispered, That light is right under my bedroom. I didn't say anything at all, but led her up the basement stores and locked the door. The house was just all rewired last year and fully up to code, by the way. The house has now been cleansed several times since then, and things have been quiet for now. Suffice to say, I am scared as hell to start seeing these things in real life. My older sister has, and she says you don't look at them or acknowledge you can see them. If you do, it gets worse. I guess only time will tell. Much spooky love. Caitlin. Caitlin. I feel like 
listen, you can tap in if you want. It does sound like your family has the site, mm-hmm. but I think with help or maybe with some guidance, maybe from our coven, you can tap into in a way that you're not opening up to the darkness. Yeah. Which is a hard thing, especially given that you did have that dream, which makes me think you're in like the astral plane and there's something dark that knows you're there that's coming for you, a la Insidious. Just say the scariest scenario possible. Yeah. You know, have you ever watched Talk to Me? Ever watched Insidious? Uh, Well, I think I like kind of a Jason story and kind of how you were saying when dark entities know that someone can see them, perhaps that they try harder. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you are open to the paranormal realm, you are inevitably open to the dark side, but there's got to be ways to just definitely hone into the light. I feel like it's so hard to say, but I was going to be like trying your best to not show that you're scared and convincing yourself that you're not scared. That's what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably a helpful protection tool too, because if you go in with a lot of confidence, you're a little bit less of a target. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. The The identical twin nightmare thing is really scary. I'm curious, Caitlin, has your identical twin sister? Are they identical? Yeah. Oh. Except for Caitlin's right-handed and her twin right is left. left. I'm curious if she has started to see, because it sounds like you both have the sight potentially. Mm-hmm. And it's a bummer that the rest of your family doesn't really talk about it because then you can't. I know. At least you have your older sister, but... It sounds like she sees some dark things and potentially doesn't like it. And even your relatives who've passed on, you know, like they're like, hey, listen, hey, what's up? Hello, (laughs) Caitlin, we're going to find a way together with the coven to help you tap into the light. Mm -hmm. Listen to the hurts. (laughs) You get protected and then get cleansed and then get cleansed and Happy almost Halloween, everyone. Happy almost Halloween. We hope that you uh, don't get terrified during this episode because it's a scary one. But we want to say thank you to all of you who have stuck by us, all the new listeners too who have joined us. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for sending us your emails. Thank you for giving us your souls. And for, you basically do when you come to a live show because sometimes things get a little freaky, but that's okay because nobody has left haunted so far. We've done a lot of work to try to protect that space. You know, what happens inside the venue stays in the venue. Yeah. That's the vibe. That's the vibe we're going for. And thank you to our team. Thank you to our editor. Thank you to Avery. Thank you to all of you. We We love love you. you. And we will see you on the other side.